Hello. I'm Gay, and I'm your host, Geraldo Rivera. You're tuned into Geraldo's Edge Game, episode 15. Why? I have no idea. I have no idea why you're tuned in. I don't have an answer for you. Uh, don't know why you need 15 versions of the same thing, but uh, we're here. You made it. This episode is uh, dedicated to my mother, uh, who had a birthday over the weekend. I didn't get her anything. I sent her the birthday text. For some reason, I sent it at like two in the morning. I just thought I'd get it out of the way. Um, so I didn't have to dread and worry about it the whole weekend. Uh, so I, I, I did that, but, uh, I think the only gift she really wants for the woman who has seemingly everything, uh, is grandchildren. And, um, you know, I've already kind of made it clear that I don't intend to have, uh, any, well, at least any biological children. Uh, I always told her I would uh, uh, adopt a child for her in her name <laughs> and just uh, have him show up on her doorstep, perhaps. A nice foster boy or girl or they. Maybe that would be good for my mom is to have a, a non-binary uh, foster child living in her house. A TikToker. Um, but yes... Uh, and this episode, we're still continuing fucking part five of uh, Girls I've Crushed. And uh, if I know you're watching, Mom, and this is uh, if you needed any sort of evidence that I'm going to struggle and have struggled and, and seemingly have lost interest in uh, maintaining any sort of meaningful or healthy a relationship that would result in children that would result in adopting children, having children, uh, having children in my life to gift to you someday, uh, perhaps on your next 10 birthdays. Uh, here it is, here it is. And then also if I kill myself, uh, this is uh, a very long suicide note. However long this podcast lasts, just consider it. I can't write. I can't write a suicide note. I've I've tried. I mean, I've I've definitely written them, but I'm never um like satisfied enough with any of them. And I don't know if that's why I haven't done it yet because I'm just not satisfied with what my final message would be, uh, as if it really matters, as if uh you know anyone would read it. But something about it. I don't know. It just has to be bigger. It has to be bigger than a a uh, text, a word document uh, that they just find on my computer. You know, like, do you print it out? Do you email it? Do you put it in your Google Drive? Like, how do you make sure it gets to the right person? Do you send it to them directly before you do it? You know, and then you don't go through with it. It's like I I, I just have a lot of questions about how I would carry it out. And I think the more episodes I do with this, I'm realizing that this is probably the most ideal way to do a, a very, it's a very, uh, 
comprehensive suicide note. Um, and perhaps it'll live on uh, via X videos, via uh, Facebook. Uh, that's where I'm going to upload it next is Facebook. So, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't censor this shit. Um, as long as it has child pornography in it, uh, Facebook will allow it. <clears throat> Meta. Uh, so yeah, that was, what was my point? Just, you know, hopefully it lives on. And I'm saying, I'm, I mean, I'm saying this as if, uh, this'll be, this'll be the one. This is my, <laughs> this isn't the one I, 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 I have more to say. I haven't, um, you know, guilt tripped enough people via podcast yet to, um, feel ready to kill myself, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, it's still February. I've done nothing this week. Although I've started a new, uh, I have a lot of video ideas, but I was saving up my cum for this. So you're welcome. Uh, we left off last week with Becca, the Mennonite girl. I kind of just, I don't know. I kind of just plowed through that, that story. There was a lot of details that are funny to me, but as I was reading them in my notes, I realized they were pretty, they were just kind of mean. They were just kind of mean. Um, and I, I am pretty mean that don't get me wrong. Like, I am a, a fucking asshole, but, uh, we'll move on. We'll move on. So, uh, after Becca, I was, you know, that was my first person I met up with actually on Tinder. And so I was feeling pretty confident and then I met this girl named Angelique, I think, uh, and she was Asian. She was my first uh, non-white girl uh, that I'd... Yeah, my first non-white girl uh, and my first Asian. And um, I remember she was like... She was like... She was an Asian girl with big old titties. I remember she like she was like one of those... Uh, just I feel like whenever you watch like a Japanese adult video it's always like the biggest old titties ever with like oil on them like she that was her like she could have definitely been uh like a in a japanese adult video just just the biggest titties and um lux is going crazy i don't know what's going on. i think she's got um what is it aids rabies rabies and I heard, I heard apparently cat HIV is a real thing. I didn't uh, know that, but I only learned that from a, a future from a MILF actually that's in my list. Um, Angelique, big old titties. I remember she was like fawning over me. We would like uh, Skype. We would Skype like late into the night for like weeks and we hadn't met yet. She was like back home in uh, like truly like Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, like York, PA, um, this is when I was in college, so I was kind of like hour and a half, two hours away. So I was still didn't have time to meet. Um, and I think 
we finally met um, during a break, during like winter break or something. And I remember this, actually the story is kind of bad, but I remember we hooked up and the whole time, like when we were Skyping, it was very like, you know, I wish I could, it was like, it felt like she, we were going to like, fuck, you know, it was like, really want to be there with you kind of thing, you know, building that tension. And then we finally met up and she was kind of like, um, I don't, I don't think I catfished her. I don't know. I didn't, you know, but she just seemed off. She was put off by me. Um, and then like we went out to a diner and we came back to my, to my dad's house. Uh, and then it like flipped like 180 and she was like all over me, but like didn't want to have sex, but she was like really into like hooking up. Uh, and I remember she, she must've, it must've been like my, that must've been my first bad hand job. No, that's not true. Julie, Julie was my first bad hand job, but, um, Angelique, it was a different kind of bad hand job. It's like with Julie, at least it was very much like she was really into it. She was trying. It was like the, the thought was there. The thought is what counts. Um, and I could feel the, the passion and the intent. Uh, but with Angelique, I remember it being just like that. That was the first time it felt like it seemed like a chore. You know, I, I felt like I was, I should have paid or like I should have, you know, I owed her something, but like, you know, I ate her out. I fingered her like sucked on her titties, all that. But, um, for some reason then when she went to give me the hand job, it was just like, it like flipped again. I don't know. It was, she was kind of, she's kind of neurotic. I don't know. I think, I think she just had something going on, um, that she could not reconcile within herself. Maybe some kind of like Catholic guilt or something might've been because Asian family, but I had overcome my, my Catholic guilt a long time ago. I don't think I ever had it, uh, at least not related to sex. My mom was very, uh, not, not, not explicitly open-minded, but she never really poo-pooed sex entirely. Um, you know, not at least not guilt trip me out of it. You know, I think Filipinos, they, they, they're prideful if their son is fucking, you know what I mean? They're, they're very proud that you're like planting your seed uh, all around the world, which is, I remember how like my mom used to describe, like they would like joke about like my uncle, like her brother had like kids with like, he had like seven baby mamas. And I, I remember they would just always like joke and laugh about it. Um, as if like the implications of like having like that many broken families is, you know, it's just funny. It's just a funny joke, you know, something to, to be proud of, uh, and that every generation in our family has, uh, that guy. And, um, I think I started to have that reputation in my family as that guy. Cause I was always, uh, dating someone. I would always bring I introduced many girls to my mom and my mom would go and tell the family as if, um, you know, they were, they were the one. So I tease my mom more than anything. 
now that I say that. Uh, Angelique, I remember then we just, it was just like kind of, we were just kind of over it. That was it. Uh, I still check up on her Facebook once in a while though, just to see. And she went like mega, like influencer, like, you know, she's just like a, she's just a big influencer now. I wish I could name drop her, but, uh, you know, cause I'm very proud of that hand job I got from, uh, someone with like a hundred K subscribers or not. I think she has a YouTube too. It doesn't matter. I don't want you to find her, but, uh, cause she, this could be a me too. She could have me too me. I mean, actually I could me too her. Yeah. Yeah. She took advantage of my PP. Um, somewhere after that, I got back together with, uh, Julie L second Julie. Um, and at that time I was really into, uh, into doing acid and I hadn't tripped with, uh, anyone before I was up to that point. I was only tripping alone in my bedroom and like watching, uh, like childish Gambino music videos. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's, that's real. Yeah, I, I think that's how those, most of my trips were like that. When watching like Freaks and Geeks. I remember I was really into Freaks and Geeks, even though there's only the one season. But I remember tripping and like that show really meant like a lot to me when I was psychedelic. Um, actually, like my, my experience like getting into psychedelics is so fucking lame, but I think it is for a lot of people. But it was like there was a guy named Josiah like who lived in my hall freshman year. And I remember he like was not, did not seem like a drug. I mean, I don't know what a drug guy seems like anymore. I've met a lot of different people that do all sorts of drugs that you just never, you just assume everyone does. Um, but I remember like, especially him, I was like, this guy sells acid. And uh, that was the first time I got kind of gypped because he was selling stuff that he said was acid. I didn't know that acid was supposed to be, you know, tasteless. And he had it in this like visine, like he had it in like a dropper bottle and like an eye drop bottle. And I would pay $10 for him to, uh, put a few drops of this bottle into my mouth, onto my tongue. And I remember, I didn't know, I thought it was just like a cool thing they did, but it was minty. But I found out that that's just to cover up the the taste of what the other. It's still like psychedelic, but it's not acid. It's some other um, something similar, you know, similar effects. Uh, I forget what it was actually, but I remember it. Uh, go, I would go to him, pay ten dollars, and you drop it in my mouth, and then I'd go to class. And I remember going to English class. Um, it was like a writing course or something. And we were, we watched into the wild. We watched into the wild and I was just like fucking zooted. But I learned that that wasn't how acid was supposed to be. Cause I was like, it was a different kind of, it felt weird. It felt wrong. It kind of felt like a mix of like psychedelics and like a dissociative, like, uh, like salvia. It was like a weak salvia kind of component to it. And it, it really fucked me up. And I can't watch, I can't, I can't watch Into the Wild again um, without feeling like kind of ill. Um, which I think I would have really liked that movie otherwise. 
if I had watched it not under the influence, but I have some kind of, I developed a, a very weird aversion to that movie. Uh, the book is fine. The book is fine, but the movie I can't, I can't stomach. Anyway, at this point when I was talking to Julie again, uh, I had gotten very comfortable with acid and I wanted to, I guess, experiment. And also I was lonely and like horny and I was like, Hey, um, I remember just hitting her up being like, Hey, like, uh, I wanted, you know, trip acid and I was, you know, I don't really, I think you're, you know, I don't know anyone else really cool that would be like down to do it with me. Um, and I remember her saying she used to like do shrooms and shit. So I thought she'd be cool and down. Um, I forgot I'm supposed to be jerking off. I forgot what this podcast is. Uh, I might just stop jerking off. I don't know. I'm just not that horny these days. Um, I don't know how I roped her into it, but I, you know, I, I, I worked, I worked some magic on her and we tripped and I remember I was like, we're definitely gonna, we're going to try to, I'm going to try to fuck. Uh, and I couldn't, uh, get, I couldn't get it up. I remember not being able to get it up, even though we were coming up and I was feeling like good. Uh, it just wasn't. We just had like Julie. I broke it off with her in like weird circumstances, and we never we like we didn't talk for like a year in between this. So it was like the first time hanging out again, and we were just like dropping acid and then uh, like hooking up within like an hour. And then um, what did I write? I was sad and apathetic about everything, even pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think, oh, I was like thinking about all this stuff about how I was, I was like her, her high testosterone, like masculine features were like amplified when I was like tripping. And I was thinking really into like, I was thinking too hard about how, what I was doing. And I was like, oh, I feel bad now. Cause like she probably still loves me. And I just wanted to like experiment sexually on acid. <laughs> so we started dating again after that, actually. But I remember we like didn't, couldn't do anything. And then we just kind of hung out and then like tried to go into town and get dinner. Um, and it was like around Halloween and I was like freaking out because there were, you know, people dressed up. And getting like belligerently drunk and I was just, you know, not having it. Um, but that was a good night. Yeah. And then Julie and I dated for a little bit. I don't remember what. <sighs> I think it just, it just became the same deal of like, I don't think I like you as much as you like me. And so, and I, you know, you start feeling the pressure of like, oh, uh, she was, she was also looking for the one. She was very much a, a date to marry kind of person. And yeah, so uh, this is only sophomore year, dude. I can't get married, you know, it's a whole lifetime to be lonely. I, you need, I need to be lonely first, you know, I don't know if I mean that. I don't know how much I believe in that learning to be lonely before you, uh, I don't know, date and marry, but before you're never alone again supposedly. Uh, 
And then I dated Alexandra M, who was, I matched, I think, on Tinder, and she was a student at the all-girls school university, uh, like, 40 minutes away on the main line called Bryn Mawr, Bryn Mawr College. Um, and it's a very, very like liberal arts university, but it's, it's, it's like contrasted by their neighboring, um, university Haverford, um, which is very much like traditional, like bro-y, but like, it's 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 supposed it has like Ivy League caliber or like Ivy League um uh income level students and but just the complete dumbasses. So that's what Haverford was. Um just rich rich white kids, rich frat, like frat bros, um, who all lived on like the main line, you know, and couldn't get into like Penn State or something. They couldn't get into Penn State main campus, so they went to Haverford. Um, and that was a really interesting dynamic because they would like share like uh, professors, I guess, or like they would share, you know, their campuses with each other. So like they could take classes at each other's schools or something. Um, but Bryn Mawr was interesting because like their impression of dudes was like Haverford. So like, whenever you saw dudes on their campus, you kind of just get like, you get dirty looks and you also get something I learned from Alexandra is the, the female gaze is a real thing where they like will just, uh, they will really just ogle you and, you know, without any like hesitation, they'll just, you know, they'll check you out like openly, which is really cool. Um, I never experienced that. Um, but anyway, Alex, uh, she was, uh, where is she from? Oh, uh, it's not, it's not that important, but it adds to it a little bit. It doesn't matter. She was, she was taller than me. She was the first girl that was taller than me that I dated. And, uh, I was into it. I was really into it. She was just like tall, skinny girl with big titties. Um, but I remember her saying that like she never dated a shorter guy before, but that I, she made an exception for me and that later on she found that uh, I turned around to short guys and she like didn't really like tall guys after that, which I don't believe. I don't, I don't think you just like only like short guys now, but um, that's what she told me. Um, she was crazy. She was actually crazy. Uh, and not because of like, you know, like any like political like views. She wasn't even political or anything at that point because this is like only her freshman year or something of being at this university. So she's, she hasn't, she hasn't been, uh, you know, conditioned yet to be hyper woke. Um, but what was I going to say? She just, um, she had just had like, she actually just had behavioral health issues, um, like me. And I was into that. I was into that. 
but the pussy was crazy. That that was my first lesson in like, stick your dick in crazy, but it's worth it. Um, definitely do it. Definitely do it at least once, if not twice. I don't know. I would say just I would say just do it. Just do it, and as long as no one gets pregnant and you don't pass on those horrible genes, just definitely fuck crazy. Definitely come inside crazy uh, as much as you can. And she, she, I did, uh, she let me fucking come inside her every time. And she, yeah, it was, she was crazy pussy. It was amazing. And best, like best blowjobs, just like, she would just go crazy on my dick. Like that's, I didn't, you know, I had nothing like that before. Up to that point, it was really basic white girls that just like, Barely put it in their mouth, but this girl went like ham. Okay. She set the standard. She set the bar for like everyone else I met after that to this day, I think. Well, we'll see. And um, the thing is, she was cool. We would go to like concerts and like my friends liked her and she, you know, we, we vibed a lot. Um, <sighs> this is bad. But this one time... I went down on her and it smelled like straight up like diarrhea. Okay. And at this point I wasn't like, like I didn't know how to be very like conversational or direct about like sex or like any needs, I guess. I don't know. I, I feel like this one, I should have been able to be like, yo, you shit your pussy, dude. I like, I, don't, I didn't, I don't know. I guess I didn't know how to approach it, but I remember I just was like, oh, I can, I can deal with it. Um, and I just like went down on her and I kind of hoped that when I like came up after eating her out to like kiss her, she would have noticed that like my fucking face smells like shit, you know? Uh, and that she wouldn't just assume that I smelled like shit or like my breath smelled like that. But, um, she didn't, I guess she didn't notice or at least didn't say anything. It was too embarrassed, but we still like fucked anyway. And, uh, you know, when, you know, she was the type that would like, I would come inside her and she'd like just pull up her pants and just go to like class like that, which was always super hot to me. I don't know if that's common, but I feel like everyone, whoever let me come inside would always just like, you know, they'd go clean up in the bathroom. But this girl, maybe that's why her pussy was diarrhea. I don't know. But she definitely just walk around with like cum dripping out of her, which was super hot to me. Super hot to me. I don't know how we didn't get pregnant, but woo. Woo. Uh, but okay. So then after that, I just could not, I could, I could not get the smell out of my nose. Nothing really, nothing was the same basically is what I'm saying is that we couldn't, um, I couldn't look at her the same way. I couldn't fuck her the same way. I mean, I could, but I just, I I thought I thought I moved on because she was so hot. Everything else was like going well, even her being crazy, uh, but it wasn't. And um, I remember she would send me pictures of her taking like her benzos that she got from her doctor, from her psychiatrist, and because apparently she was acutely suicidal and you know wanted to let me know she was. Um, and that's when it kind of started getting a little bit 
weird. Not weird because like I wasn't judgy because I was like dealing with my shit. But I was like, I maybe I don't need like another mentally ill person in my life, you know, anymore. I thought I had learned my lesson from high school about that. <laughs> but um, she was just so goddamn hot. I don't even know. I don't even know. And she got me turned on to uh, sleep lines. Like, like, you know, when you like sleep on a weird surface or like you, you sleep on your like, you know, blankets ruffled up in a weird way and it leaves lines on like your face or like your arm or something or, or like the lines that like your bra leaves on your skin, like indentations. She got me really into that cause she like, I never really cared for it, but she drew attention to it and said that she liked it a lot. And so I kind of really like that now. And I don't know how to like find that, you know, there's not really like porn of that, but I just, uh, always pay attention to it. And, um, anyone else I've, I've met, I learned to appreciate that. So she used to send me a lot of nudes of her sleep marks, her sleep lines on her boobies. Damn, she was so hot. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, we broke, <laughs> we broke up cause I think, uh, I was tired of driving to Bryn Mawr one, but also two, I, I think it was mainly the diarrhea episode and I just didn't know how to approach it. <sighs> what could have been, what could have been? Um, I think she moved to Brooklyn, which makes sense. She moved to Brooklyn. We kept in touch and like talked on and off, but then nothing, nothing happened. We talked while I was dating someone else though. So that's probably why. Um, uh, one summer I met a chick in Philly who she had like a troll, not a troll account, but she had like pics of, uh, she didn't have pictures of her. She had pictures of, uh, a Bob, which is one of those like, uh, beat them, you know, those like practice, uh, like the, it looks like a dude and you just, you can punch him and shit. You just, a, a dude you can beat up a John Cena, but not a cutout. Um, and for some reason I just kept talking to her and she ended up being cool. Um, and she sent pics and she was really hot. She was really hot. Uh, and I had one, but unfortunately, even though I dated Alexandra, who was taller than me by a couple inches, uh, I thought I had overcome my, uh, my insecurity about my height, but unfortunately I apparently lied to the Bob girl. Um, and she wasn't as receptive to short Kings. I did not, I did not convince her. And I think it's cause I lied. I think she might've been okay with it if I was just like, yeah, who knows? Maybe she wouldn't have gone on the date in the first place, but she, we still went on a date. We met up, but I guess she was immediately turned off because I had, I had lied about my height by a few inches and she was like an inch taller than me, I think. Um, we ended the date at big gay ice cream. I remember that we went to like a, we went to Philly AIDS thrift, which is a thrift store that donates proceeds, I guess, to AIDS something, something AIDS related. And then, uh, yeah. And then big gay ice cream. It's a good date. It's a good date. I recommend that. I, I don't know if either are still open post pandemic, but I have a lot of good date ideas for you. If you, if you live in Philly, I got them all. Um, 
I matched Regan. Reagan? I forgot how to pronounce her name. I think it was Regan. Uh, matched on Tinder. She had just broken up with a boyfriend of like three or four years. So I was definitely a rebound. She made it clear. She was like very open about it and she just wanted to talk to me about it. So I remember that. And okay. I know I said Alexandra gave me great head, but she wasn't, she was more like the best like pussy ever. Um, Regan was like the like throat God. Maybe that's maybe not the best just because like I was almost turned off by how sloppy it was. Which ah, it sounds so fucking lame now that I say it, but like, you know, the it was the sloppiest deep throw, and I it was like novel to me. It was like it blew my mind. You know, when I think the first time you get the sloppy one, you're just like, hmm, why can't they all be like this? And I'm like, I gotta step up my like pussy eating game, like to match that. Like I gotta eat sloppy. I gotta slobber, and I did. I learned. I learned from getting a sloppy blowjob. I learned how to give better. Uh, uh, conduct better cunnilingus. Um, you know, do she was doing the whole gagging, drooling, making like direct eye contact with me the whole time, that kind of thing. And I remember I was annoyed because I was like sick, but somehow I was still able to enjoy this crazy ass blowjob. Um, okay, that was it was good. And uh, at that time, I was watching Hunter X Hunter. I don't know why, but. I remember it distinctly because I think uh, it turned me on. That show was sexualized after having gotten like one of the best beaches in the world uh, with that in the background. So I think be careful with what you put on when you hook up because it can really make or break your favorite, whatever it may be, your favorite content. Um, that That definitely, I don't think I liked it that, that show that much before, but after that, I w- I definitely hold it in uh, high regard. It's a good show, but it's it's my my judgment is clouded. Um, second time we hooked up though, unfortunately, she had again. It was this like diarrhea, ass smelling like pussy thing, and I think it was just really truly just like she just came from work and she probably took a fat dump or something, but didn't have time to shower. I don't know, and I hadn't learned my lesson about being forward about it and being like, Hey, can you clean up and then we'll do this or something? But I just like powered through it. And then we just, I just, we just never talked again. What could have been again, because I don't know how to address diarrhea pussy. Okay. I'm just, like, I don't know. I think it hasn't really happened. I guess since then, actually, no, that's a lie. I, I've never had it that bad. But I have encountered other other smells, other like less uh, offensive smells, and we'll get to those later. Um, okay, I dated Rachel L. I think also matched on Tinder, nursing major, underclassman. I remember we dated for a cool couple months. It was cool. Oh, but I remember it was. Uh, she was really basic. Uh, she was a really basic white girl, but she was from my hometown, um, from the same county. And something about that, you know, obviously really appeals to me. You know, I used to shit on people who marry someone from their hometown from high school, but like, I get it. I get it. There's a shared experience there of having grown up. And I experienced that with 
Rachel L. I think it was okay because she wasn't from my high school. She was just from Lancaster. Um, and yeah, she was... Um, I don't know why I included this. There wasn't anything really that notable. Just that she was fine, but something about the sex was really off. I wrote nothing wrong with... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I wrote these. I must have been in a really weird mood. I wrote uh, something about her pussy was just really off. Like nothing wrong with its shape or smell or color, texture, flavor. But it just didn't feel right. So that was the end of that. <laughs> so that was the end of that. Yeah. Oh, but no, actually we met up after we both had graduated I remember we met up and we fucked one more time and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember why we broke up now is because the sex is whack. There's just something, something wrong with the sexual chemistry, which is way off. She's hot. She was super hot. And she married a guy that was like somehow even hotter, I think. And like, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, what am I looking for? Caliber? You know, I don't know. She's a different league. Dude was in a different league of hotness. All right. I would fuck him so hard. But good for Rachel. Okay. And then uh, this was this is junior year now. Rachel L is junior year. Regan was junior year. Yeah. This is when my life is getting pretty dark. I feel like that was the year I, I lived in the tiny closet of a of a room you know that just like fit barely the bed and a desk um and then me uh and living in like not a ghetto a ghetto part of westchester isn't really ghetto but it's just you know it's where it was definitely the poor area of westchester whatever that means relative to the the richest you know county apparently one of them in the country so that's not the only reason I was sad. I was just sad in general. Not a lot going for me, just hating my life and, you know, working out at like going to the gym at three in the morning or like two in the morning to avoid any sort of interaction and then going to clinical and then like sleeping from like two to like, 10 p.m. and then you know doing my homework and then doing it that was that was it I was living living the nightlife which uh, you know I guess a lot of people do but it really fucked me up I was really fucked up uh which leads me to the next girl is Kristen H who at that time uh, I met on meet me and I was experimenting with other uh uh platforms because um, I guess Tinder wasn't enough, you know. I was I was struggling on Tinder, struggling on maybe OkCupid, so I was just downloading whatever dating apps were in the uh, the Play Store at the time. But Meet Me, I think, is arguably one of the worst places to to actually meet someone, unless you're looking for um, drugs. If you're looking for drugs or something. 
generally illegal. I think Meet Me is a good place to meet those uh, those kinds of people. But, or if you're marketing, if you're trying to sell, I would say sell on Meet Me. Um, everyone on Meet Me was really either like fucked up on drugs, maybe like on the brink of like rock bottom or complete disaster or was at rock bottom. Okay. Or, or potentially recovering, but like not that recovered, you know, still long road ahead. Um, and Kristen happened to be on her way up. She was, uh, recovering and she had actually gone to the same, uh, psych hospital I'd been to the adolescent unit called Phil Haven. Um, but she was struggling with a lot of addiction. She was having like risky sex with strangers for drugs and was suicidal. And she had only just gotten out of the hospital, I guess maybe like weeks before that. Um, and I found that appealing. Um, because I felt like I was going down. So maybe I was, you know, going to come back up out with her. I don't We could be each other's sponsors or something. I don't know what was in my head, but I was like, all right, like, let's see what happens. And, um, <sighs> she was funny cause, uh, I lived with like three, there were four other dudes living in my house, but the walls were so thin. It was an old ass house. So you could pretty much hear what anyone was, you could hear if someone was jerking off basically. Um, quietly someone was jerking out quietly in their room you would know um and this girl came Kristen came and she told me her story her sad story we trauma bonded and then we fucked on my my twin bed and uh she like I remember she like screeched but like good but she like really wanted it like rough. And I was like, this is fucked up. Cause I'm sure this is, um, I can't imagine what kind of drug fueled, like, like trap house sex you were having before this. Um, but I can't do that. That's not my style. I don't have that experience. Uh, I don't have that skill set. So I think she was trying to like motivate me to like get, you know, amped up, you know, without drugs. And she like tore the shit out of my back. I remember she was scratching my back, which I like, you know, but really dug her fucking nails in my back. Like I, it drew blood. Like I had blood on my sheets and it wasn't from her. It was, it was just like deep ass scratch marks. And she was like screeching and like screaming my name, blah, blah, blah. And it was hot, but I could not enjoy it. Cause the whole time I was like, Oh my God, my roommates <laughs> and my roommates weren't cool. We weren't like, they were all dudes, but we weren't like, they were very much dudes that wanted to keep to themselves. Did not party. Um, somehow they weren't Asian. Usually those are like, it's like an Asian dude house where they all just like quietly, you know, jerk off and play video games with headphones on. And that was kind of what the house was, except they were all white. And, um, but we weren't the type to be like, if we heard you fucking, they wouldn't be like, yeah, bro, like, cool, you know? Uh, so I was kind of worried what they would think. 
which I shouldn't have it. You know, I was fucking, you know, that's life, baby. Um, but yeah, I remember being very embarrassed. And then we didn't kind of, we kind of like talked on and off, like, you know, through her like recovery. I was like, maybe we should keep space. You know, maybe this isn't, that wouldn't be a good thing. Um, and now she's, uh, she like went, you know, she really turned her life around. Um, she was also like rich. So that probably has something to do with it. Her, her family came from money and, um, her dad was loaded, but nonetheless, she recovered and now is like a big name, um, a big proponent of like mental health and, and drug addiction, like recovery. She like goes around the country, she like tours the country and like gives like speeches and she talks to like politicians and lobbies for, you know, whatever drug treatment reform. Like she's actually like really like super successful. She like wrote a book and all this shit. And, you know, we still talk sometimes we, we chat occasionally, but I saw her at her worst. I got her at literally her, her worst. She like, she was fat when I met her. She was like really overweight and like smoke cigs and, uh, she quit all that. And she's like a power lifter. Now she does like mud runs and all this crazy shit. And in the span of like, you know, I think over this in the span of like three years, I remember like seeing her again and, uh, she had like, she was, I mean, she was hot before. I thought she was hot when she was chubby, but she was hot. You know, like even hotter, even hotter. Uh, when she got super fit, um, Kristen. Yeah. What a gal. Uh, hopefully if I ever do drugs, if I fall into drug addiction, uh, She'll be there for me. She'll be there. I, maybe she'll be my sponsor. She probably would be the, the best sponsor. Um, so I have that to fall back on if I decide to, you know, experiment with, I, I don't like opiates. I've tried and they they don't really like, I don't think they're that enjoyable. Maybe if I did heroin, maybe I have to do something stronger. I've done pills. Um, I've stolen pills from like, you know, the, you know, kids at school or like at camp, you know, that I worked at, but I don't know. You just get itchy. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I think I probably just didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. So long, long road ahead of me. Still, there's still time to try morphine, still time to try some fentanyl and you'll find that on meet me. All right. That's uh today's sponsor is meet me. Go check it out. Whatever you need. Drugs, crazy romp in the sack you got it aids you got it okay and now uh i met hannah m who i think does still follow me and i don't think she watches my porn i think she probably knows that i make porn by this point i think she followed me when i was just doing asmr parody satire stuff and then uh, she might know about the porn. But anyway, Hannah, if you're listening, I, I I guess I don't apologize. This isn't really a bad story. Just sorry if I'm, you know, doxing you in any way. But uh, also went to Bryn Mawr. But this time she was from California. I am doxing you. Uh, she really cool, really funny, 
kind of disturbed, had a troubled, you know, high school experience, seems to have a lot of disdain for her parents. She just went full, like she was, she was rad, you know, she was rad and got sent away to uh, like a boarding school by her rich parents, her rich grandparents as well. Um, but I liked her and I remember, uh, this, like the second time we hung out, I think the first time I remember going to her like dorm, I went to Bryn Mawr again, back on that lovely campus. And we've, I remember we fucked like she had like two roommates or something in the dorm room. This was in the dorm. So like they were separated. They had their own rooms, but Hannah slept in like the living room. Like there was a bed that was just by the window. Like not even a, it's not supposed to be a bed. I don't think it was supposed to just be like a, I forget what you're supposed to, I forget what you call it, but it was a seat by the window where you're just supposed to look out, but she had a bed there, like a mattress on it. Uh, and we fucked on that. And uh, her, I remember her roommates were definitely aware of what was happening and could not leave their rooms, I think, if they wanted to. Uh, we had trapped them inside. Uh, but that was hot. And then the second time, I think she came to me, but I had the worst strep I'd ever... I don't think I had strep before that, but I had strep really bad. Um, and I remember we fucked anyway. She came over anyway. And I just remember being like hot, like actually just like boiling hot and trying to come and like, it was hot, but not fun. I don't know. Like I've done that a couple times now where I fucked when I was sick and I was like, it's nice, but it's just like, you really just, it feels like your body is, you feel like you're dying, but it's a nice way to die, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and then we got sushi Ritos, um, after that. And let's see. Yeah, we dated a little bit on and off and then she ended up being, she ended up being a really good friend. Um, we still keep in touch somewhat, you know, she came here to San Diego once, um, or like visited me at least specifically, but she's been here and, uh, yeah, we're just good friends now. There was another time before all that, though, uh, that she was sick. And coincidentally, I was willing to come to her and to her dorm. And I fucked her when she was sick and sweaty and questioning if she needed to go to urgent care or to go to the hospital. Uh, and that was fun. So it came full circle. It was a good time. But that stress, that strep really fucked me up. I missed like three weeks of nursing clinical and I thought I had to, uh, if, if they made me retake it, retake that semester, I would have dropped out. So I was really thankful for, uh, I don't know why, but it was my Indian nursing professor. For some reason, she really liked me. I, I don't know if it's, uh, just being ethnic helped me out, but. She let me slide. It was very cool. Um, and that's when I developed chest pain. I have chronic chest pain. And I thought when I, I had strep, I thought it was, I thought I was having a heart attack. Uh, 
and I went to the ER, I went to the emergency room and they were just like, no, nah, you're good. And I had all sorts of tests done, but it just turns out I just have chronic, I just have chest pain. Um, and they thought it was like just, you know, stress related, which, it, you know, probably was at the time. But I think now whenever I get like decently stressed, even moderate, just moderately stressed, I get chest pain. It's so annoying because now I'll never know. I might not ever know if I'm really dying or having a real heart attack. I'm sure I'll have other things happening. I'll probably have the other pain and the other symptoms, but chest pain is fucking annoying to have when you're not even like, you don't have anything cool happening. It's just annoying. Um, Sarah K. Another random Tinder thing. I was really on my game. I, I feel like I was on my game more when I was depressed just cause, uh, I wasn't as picky, I guess. And I was just kind of like, fuck it. Uh, Sarah K was cool. Uh, that was when I was struggling with like, uh, I, I think I was experiencing some degree of erectile dysfunction. I think partially because of depression, but I looked into all sorts of things because I was working out like five days a week and I was like, this, it can't be the exercise thing. Like the exercise should be helping me like get hard. So I started taking like weird supplements, like, uh, not the horny goat weed, but I was taking, um, it's like maca, maca root. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like M-A-C-A root powder. And I would mix that in with my protein shakes and it tasted disgusting. I remember like I would have to, uh, like, I'm not that weird to many flavors or, you know, I've never held my nose to like ingest something, but like the maca root, uh, I would hold my nose and drink it and then wash my mouth out while holding my nose still to make sure I did not take it's kind of the way you like you would take shrooms if you had to chew them. I feel like you just have to not taste them. You just have to kind of not breathe for a while. Um, but that when I was dating uh, Sarah, I could not get it up. She wasn't ugly. She was she was definitely hot. She was like a, she later became, and I had inklings of it when I met her that she was a, a healing crystal, like hula hoop at a festival type girl. Uh, and she definitely like went down that route. I think we were still on, friends on Facebook. And when I last looked, she was, you know, she just had videos of her hula hooping uh, and looking dirty. And I think she had put, uh, she had developed some, some dreads. She's white. She is a white girl. Um, but I remember she was, I don't think this was my, why I had problems with my PP, but she had, uh, all, she was also very self like conscious sexually cause uh, she had had a childhood accident where she like straddled or was like climbing a fence and there must've been some sharp edges, I guess on like the, I don't know if it was like a chain link fence type of thing or what, but she had gotten her something got pinched something like pinched her labia and uh so badly or got caught on her labia like through her like yoga pants or something and it like ripped her labia like almost all the way off and something weird about the doctor and the hospital long story but in the end, she like her labia didn't heal correctly and it healed 
basically like really loose. Like there was a really loose like flap hanging. Um, and she was super like, she was just like, you know, didn't want me to touch her, didn't want me to eat her out, whatever. But I, you know, I was down, you know, I'm down. Um, and we eventually did and it was fine. But I realized, well, I think it was because it's all I had because I couldn't get my dick up. So I was like, well, I definitely have to like eat your pussy then or something. I don't know. I don't know. How do you, how do you, how do you argue with that? But uh, yeah, it was gristly. Sorry, it's bad. But that was interesting. That was interesting. And yeah, I was still, I was having trouble with the ED a lot. I was taking citrulline as well. Apparently. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, Mariah from nursing. It's the first time I was like, let me, let me like try to hit on someone for my nursing class because it should be easier because there are people I'm around all the time. Right. That's how that works. I think when you fuck someone from work or work someone from school, it should be easier. Um, and I remember I invited her to my house randomly or I don't know how she ended up there because like we didn't really talk that much. It was kind of out of the blue. And I remember she, I, I invited her. I didn't hide it. I was like, I invited her into the house. I offered to give her a tour. And then we sat on my bed watching Netflix and then we never, I never made a move or even like invited her to like cuddle or anything. So I don't know why I included that story, but nothing happened. Uh, that same year, experimenting dating apps. Uh, that was the year I was uh, I was into Craigslist, uh, misconnections. I had an ad, uh, and I've told that the story before. But I had an ad for like college hunk wants to give like happy ending massage or wants to practice massage or something with a happy ending. Um, and I had a picture of me like at the gym, a selfie, uh, back in my peak when I was peak fitness. Um, and I met up with the, a recently divorced mother who added me on kick. I don't know how much of this story I told, but yeah, basically Added me on kick, which is how you know they're fucking old. That was that was the boomer app of of like the the tens, the twenty tens, and any any adult that was still using kick. Now it's probably like WhatsApp or something. I don't know, but or Snapchat, Snapchat. No, yeah, those adults have, have have now. I think by now have started using Snapchat or use it Snapchat full time. Unironically, as like. 30, 40 year olds, actually 40, 50 year olds. My dad has Snapchat, uh, hit him up. And this was a recently divorced mom who was also a nurse and like ran a hookah lounge or something with her. Well, she had with, with her husband, uh, and she had kids and I remember she, we fucked and she was like, yeah, you're, she had not fucked anyone else besides her husband. And she was just like, you're huge. And I was like, damn, uh, how small is your husband? Because I'm like, I'm only like five inches. I don't know if like it, if it feels bigger or what, but she 
or how small he was. But yeah, I'm only five inches and not even maybe. Last time I measured, I could have shrunk by now. Uh, all the jerking off I do, I'm sure my penis is falling off. But yeah, that was super hot. And we never date. We didn't date. But I thought about her a lot because I liked I liked she was my first like older woman. Um, and I liked the security of mommy because uh, the point, the funny part of the story is just as I'm leaving, she like, I was putting on my coat and I like my bag or whatever. And uh, I'm standing by the door and she like hugs me and like gives me a kiss on the cheek. And she like does that thing moms do where they like kind of pretend to like kind of refasten like your, your jacket or whatever, just to kind of give it an extra like snug, like tug, you know, not actually fastening it, not actually buttoning it for you. And she did that. And I was like, damn, this is nice. <laughs> and I wanted, uh, I wanted to stay with her forever, but I think she was too overwhelmed by the realization that, uh, I was like the same age as like her nephew or something like that. So she was like, I think she was weirded out, but it was a good, I guess it was a good rebound for her to, to fuck a 21 year old. I don't know. Uh, I still think about her, obviously. Uh, and then there was a the couple that I massaged and, th and they had a baby. I didn't massage the baby. That's not part of the story. It's just that they had a baby monitor in the room while I was giving them a massage. I was giving the, the wife a massage and it was awkward. But check out one of my other episodes. I don't know which episode I fully give that story in. I don't want to get into it, but I still think about them all the time. I have them on LinkedIn. Uh, somewhere around this time, I called Julie S. Oh, hold on. There was Jolie. Uh, Jolie. It's Julie with an O. So it doesn't count as a, another Juliet. Uh, and she was cool, chubby Asian girl who was fucking depressed as fuck. Um, she was schizophrenic and told me that she saw like shadows. She had like a shadow that was always in the room with her, like even when we were like hanging out. Um, and she was like in art school, but she was really struggling. And I don't know why I'm telling this. There's nothing, there's no funny part or there's not really an interesting aspect of it. It's just kind of a sad, I guess I'm just, you know, I just date, I dated a lot of sad people. I like fucked a lot of sad people cause I was miserable and like you just find solace in other people who are suffering, I guess, at that time. And uh, I could probably, I should go back to that. I think I should go back to that. Uh, it sounds kind of predatory, but I, believe it or not, I am pretty sad. I am pretty like, well, I take care of myself, so I'm not that low. I'm, I'm showering and uh, grooming myself and feeding myself and exercising. So I'm not, yeah, I don't know if I can get back to that. I don't know if I can get that depressed again. Maybe coming soon who knows there's there's it's a long life life is life is long life is so long it feels like forever 
I, you know, I know you're supposed to get old and be like, ah, life is fucking short, you know, make the most of it. But I'm fucking like, this is taking too long. I'm getting impatient. Um, I'm getting impatient with life. Okay. I, I dread how long a life could be, you know? So my point being is, uh, I can hit rock bottom again. And if you're sad and, and suffering, you should hit me up and let's hang out and, and be toxic. All right. So in the worst of it, uh, oh, anyway, Jolie's, uh, actually a pretty successful, like ceramic artist. Now she like 3d prints, really crazy ceramic art. You should hit her up. Don't tell her I sent you, but if you're into cool ceramic art, Jolie, uh, not gonna, not gonna tag her somewhere around this time. One night I called Julie S from high school. One, one of those very dark periods when I was probably came home from the gym at four in the morning and just called her and she was hiking the Appalachian trail at that point. And I remember just, I was feeling so low and like guilty about how things ended and like feeling sorry for myself. And that I, I wish I had tried to make something work back in from freshman year when she wanted to like move in with me. Um, which I'm glad didn't happen. I didn't, I just, I was just so down. I was just like, I was desperate for like some connection and wanting to feel something. And so, uh, so yeah, you call your ex and I just remember it like crying in the dark and apologizing profusely to her for all the, everything I ever did to her. And, um, and it was nice. Actually, she forgave me but it was more for me than for her, obviously. Uh, but I needed it. She, I guess you could tell I, I needed, I needed something. And so she gifted me with, uh, by accepting my apology. Uh, and then we didn't talk for a while, but I had learned that she had met someone on the uh, Appalachian trail while hiking. She had, uh, it actually came, it was a, it was an article in the paper, about her like journey uh, to find peace. Cause after we dated, after we broke up, basically she was living like close to the trail when she was working on the mushroom farm. And um, she would run into a lot of people doing, a, doing through hikes. And so she was motivated to do that. And so she did. So she spent like, I don't know how many months like hiking the whole fucking trail. Um, and she met a guy and now she's like, living with him in like New Hampshire or whatever. And they're chilling. Uh, but it didn't, you know, I still, I still think about her. I do. I do. Uh, I heard she's getting married soon. So watch out. Might do something, something crazy. I'm, I'm not going to do anything, but I'll be triggered a little bit. I think she's the only one I'll care when I see that they get married is, is Julie for some reason. Uh, Cause I think she's the only one that I pictured marrying back when I was like, you know, really in the, uh, 
I didn't when I thought marriage was meant something and was important and all that. And I, you know, learned my the error of my ways. But since then, I wasn't able to project that image onto anyone else I dated, aside from Julie. So that's the only one that I want to get get over with, so I can I can move on with my life. Uh, but that one will probably affect me a little bit, as if you know, as if we had a chance still, which I don't think there was ever was. Um, but. I, I was hoping it'd be a, like a, a Mary when a Harry met Sally type of thing. We'd, you know, talk every couple of years and who knows, she might divorce her trail hubby when we're like 35 or 40 or something. And I'll just swoop in and be like, yeah, we just dated at the wrong time. And like, now we can, you know, rekindle this and make it work. And I'll take care of her children that aren't mine. You know, we'll see. Life is long. Life is long. Always have hope that your uh, the love of your life will uh, end their marriage prematurely. <laughs> wish, wish, uh, wish bad luck on your exes and see uh, if you can swoop back in. Just be as toxic as possible. Um, what are we at? Hour ten. Hmm. Oh God, Gabe. Oh God, what do you do? They fucked this up. Damn, do I have to record this again? Nuh-uh, dude. Nuh-uh. Oh no, we're good. We're good. We're chilling. I didn't fuck up. I'm a fucking genius. I'm a fucking genius. I don't need a fucking producer, dude. Look at me. It's 2022, dude. I can produce my own shit. Do you see the editing I do on these videos, dude? It's fucking crazy. All right, hire me. I'll, I'll do. I'll do your editing just like this. You've seen my work. You've seen my best works. I can. I can make some decent parody porn for you. Hit me up. I'll produce your porn podcast. All right. Let me know. I'm down. Before I leave California, where. I imagine the only place that maybe anyone's doing anything similar to what I'm doing. Hit me up before I decide to move to Bumblefuck, Oklahoma and, and, and jerk off in a field. Okay. So your last chance, hit me up. I think we'll end it there because the next girl lined up is Rachel K who is I guess the most serious relationship I've had since I don't, I don't even know if Ju I mean, Julie was serious, but like, you know, when you're young, it's like, yeah, so what? Um, but Rachel, I met, you know, in my twenties, this is like, we dated end of college into our young adult lives. Um, and so She's, it's going to be a, a long, it's a long spiel. It's a long spiel. But uh, Rachel, I met in college. She was in uh, this nursing class that was like, it was a weird credit. It was some bullshit credit where you could, you only had to go two weekends. You had to spend two weekends 
and the whole semester going to this, uh, I thought when, when I read the summary, it was supposed to, I thought it was going to be like this weird, like, like youth Christian youth retreat or something up in the woods. But it was just like, you just, we just went to some lecture hall and spent like, you know, like 15 hours over the weekend just hanging out. And it was all about like healing and like forgiveness um, and this came on, you know, the, uh, the heels of me just, you know, calling my ex and begging for forgiveness. So I already had my lesson in that, but it was all about like alternative healing. And it was very like, it was very crunchy and meant to be, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It wasn't woke, but I don't know. Our instructor was this old lady and she just talked about like playing pickleball and like how fun it was to be old, but how, how toxic her lifestyle used to be, but she found peace in, in pickleball amongst other things. And Rachel was in this class and I knew Rachel cause she stuck out to me cause she looked relatively, um, Relative to the other basic white girls of Westchester University, she looked a little bit more alternative, relatively alternative. She's by no means, she would be the most basic white girl in, in like Philly, but because we were in Westchester, I was like, oh, she's cool. You know, she seems like she listens to indie. She seems like she listens to, uh, uh, um, you know, undercurrents Spotify playlist pollen Spotify playlist she seems like that type of gal she might be a little bit she wants to seem cool she's putting the effort in to be a little bit alt a little bit uh hip but I think it was just because she was wearing like she would wear like you know military jacket and like and like chucks you know that was that was it that was the bar but I was like I was so tired of just like the most basic white girl from mainline the mainline or from like, you know, Lancaster PA or from Allentown, Pennsylvania, you know, I was just tired of that. And she actually ended up being from York. She was from York PA home of, uh, what, I don't know. What are they, what are they known for? Cows, dairy farm, Turkey Hill, Turkey Hill. I think Turkey Hills headquarters is there. No one knows what that is. It doesn't matter, but uh, unless you're from fucking PA, but this isn't going anywhere. I, I'm going soft just thinking about it, just talking about it. But, and I liked her cause she was from like, she was basically a hometown hottie. Um, and she almost killed me the first time we hung out. I I guess she didn't see that I was hitting on her, but I just would talk to her and she offered to drive us to uh Wawa to get hoagies. And this was like in the middle of a snowstorm, but it was like during break from our class on one of the weekends from our, one of our retreats. Um, and yeah, I remember she just like took a really risky turn into Wawa. We would have like, I would we would have been T-boned pulling into Wawa because we were just like, uh, uh, she was just like, she just floored it. She just tried to floor it to like beat this car. That was this oncoming car. And we just spun out on the snow and ice. 
And I was just like looking on into this like Nissan Altima. That's happened to me like, I think like three or four times in my life where I've been with a shitty driver who tried to make a left turn and just, just definitely misjudged how much time they had or how fast the oncoming car was going. And I was the passenger and would have definitely just been smooshed. Okay. But every time the oncoming car is quick enough and fucking swerves, they're all like professional. This is, I swear to God, this has happened. I've seen this happen. I've had my life flash before my eyes in this manner, like three times. And this was one of them was with this, this, I would have died with this alt girl in her Honda Accord. Okay. Um, at a Wawa for Wawa, which if you don't know is the rich man's sheets or some would say that sheets is the poor man's Wawa. Just depends on what you had first. I had sheets first and I was broke. And, um, uh, I don't know. I'm boring myself. <laughs> I'm bored of this. I don't know why you guys, I don't know why anyone listens to this. I don't know who the people are that watch it. I'm seeing like an average of like four, 5,000 views on these videos where I do this. Don't get it. Don't get it. But um, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm doing this because I thought I I would get bored if I'd made a regular edging video. So I was like, what can I possibly talk about or do to keep it interesting for me? Uh, and apparently this isn't even enough. Um, fuck it, dude. All right. Let's get into the spicy Rachel stories then. All right. So we date, we, I don't know. I, I worked the magic. She, we started dating and, uh, we had a lot of like sexual chemistry and I wasn't expecting it. I thought, I thought she would be, I thought it'd be kind of just pretty vanilla, boring. I mean, it was vanilla. I mean, I'm vanilla. I don't know if you know that about me. I think a lot of people assume because I make kind of weird porn that I'm into like weird shit, but I don't get off on anything I make. I want to make that very clear uh, is that I make funny porn, but the joke is what comes first. The only part that's funny to me really is that my penis is out. Everything else is just kind of an exploration and a setting and a context for my penis. Um, but the, the penis is the joke and I obviously, I mean, I don't get off to myself jerking off, but um, I'm not coming from anything that's happening in my videos, if that makes sense. I'm, I really have to like isolate this like sexual release from anything else that's happening. There's nothing associated there. Perhaps I'm creating weird associations, but uh, a lot of people just assume I want to do weird shit with you because I make content and put it on the internet, which I am weird. I think, I think I, I I'll admit that that's obviously very weird. And I think taboo in general that I put out jerk off videos and I've thought a lot about this and I try not to judge myself too hard, but, uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, so me and Rachel would have vanilla sex, but hot, it's passionate. But she didn't actually let me have sex. I remember she, maybe that's why I was so good because everyone else I had dated, uh, you know, we at least had something. We, we at least had, you know, blowjobs and let me eat their pussy or something within a couple dates. But Rachel, I think, definitely made me wait a while. I think we went on like at least, we went on like I think three or four dates before we even kissed. Um, but maybe at that point I was also so like lonely and like, I was just like, whatever, like this is, this is nice. Like I don't need the sex. I'm, you know, I have, I have erectile dysfunction. Why do I need sex anyway? Um, and then when we finally had sex, I was like, oh, I guess I don't have ED anymore. Like maybe that was good to like, you know, get really comfortable with someone before you, uh, fuck them. Uh, and no, and I think, and we took it in the steps. It wasn't just like straight to fuck. It was like, we definitely did the hand stuff first and then, then the oral stuff. And then we did that for like, I think a month or two. And I like look back on that. Cause I don't think there's any other, aside from Julie, there's yeah, no, re, like no other relationships like made me not made me wait, but you know, I get, I get that, that trope now of like, you know, oh, I don't want to sleep on the first date because I actually really like you kind of deal. Uh, I guess that was, that was it. That was why. Um, and that's, maybe that is the recipe for uh, success. And that, <laughs> um, but yeah, but then once we had sex, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to come immediately every time. Can't imagine being Amish or like, just not having premarital sex. Uh, those first couple comes, I only get that in a diet form, but Jesus Christ. Or even like fucking someone that would wait that long. Like their experience. I don't know. I don't know. That's like me saying, oh, fucking a virgin. Never mind. That's 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 basically what I'm describing is like, what's it like to fuck a virgin? <laughs> Uh, what was the point tune in next week I'll do one more episode of this hopefully it's done I think Rachel is pretty much where it ends in terms of like my serious romantic endeavors um, and then I'll just give my reviews of Tinder OkCupid okay I'll compare and contrast and then also give my analysis of um, the current dating scene in 2022 from a, a white male perspective, which is what you need. Um, and what this means for you and your children's future. So tune in the series, the mini series finale, February. It'll probably come out by March, but it's supposed to be February. Is it a leap year? It's not. Hit me up, Geraldo Rivera, 2024, all underscores. Um, under everything on Instagram. Hit me up on OnlyFans. My last video got removed. I think they're catching on to the kind of content I'm making. 
I don't know if I put a weird pictures in my last video, but they didn't like it. I don't, I have to look into it. I don't know if I'll keep doing that. It's kind of time. It's, it's time intensive for like no payoff to add, uh, dumb captions and jokes to this, these types of videos. I just, it feels dumb for me to just put this out as is. So we'll see. Uh, I have other things I'm working on. Finally, just old footage that I'm finally like inspired to do something with. Um, don't, you know, hold your breath. Probably not till <laughs> I'm going to guess April. I'm going to guess it won't come out till April cause I'm a piece of shit. I think I'm feeling better now post COVID schlong COVID. I think I'm ready to cam again. So maybe beginning March, I will be camming full time. Really, I'm really pushing myself. I'm really procrastinating because I need to like feel the the crunch of needing money and I don't really need it that bad right now. I'm doing okay, but that's I think that's when I don't know. I need that push. I need that push. I need to be desperate. <sighs> I need desperate people in my life to inspire me. Happy birthday, mom. Love you.